right, you know what time it is. We're back, back, back again. Tag team, baby. Salt and pepper coming at you. Fantasy freaking football podcast, yeah. All right, fantasy freaking football podcast. You know what it is. Uh, you got me, Mr. Julian. Who else is here? Tell him something, Brandon. Brandon, what's up? What's up? So uh, our number one fan, James, couldn't make it. What's up? What's up? The number one fan, James, is uh, is busy tonight. But we're coming at you guys with something very, very special. You need to pay attention to this one. Pay close attention. Training camp battles and how they affect you. And also some recent injury news. And we start with a training camp battle that now turns into injury news. Down from the great state of Florida in Duval. The man is now James Robinson. Uh, a little disappointed. Not that it's James Robinson, but I was looking forward to seeing Travis Etienne play this year. I think the man's got a great future. But guy hurt yesterday in the preseason game, out for the season. Brandon, how does this affect your rankings with James Robinson? Where does he go for you? I think uh, and initially we we had him slated at, what, third? Like, you know, third round, third round-ish, like third, maybe fourth round-ish. But now, I mean, I, I definitely think he vaults. Uh, to the top of drafting boards, man, because, I mean, as you can already see in the preseason, um, Trevor's struggling, man. So, uh, I don't I don't really think they're going to put the ball in his hands as early and often as you would think. You know, like Trevor's not going to be dropping back 30, 35 times a game. Um, I, I think they're going to lean heavily on the run game. And with him basically being the feature back now, you know, because he did well last year. So, so I think with him being the feature back, from last year, I think he's going to play a huge role, especially with Travis Etienne being out indefinite, or you know, it's it's really looking like he's going to be out for the season. But you know, indefinite is already that you know, out for the season death blow, you know, the kiss of death, so to speak. Yeah, so they, I think James Robinson is should be definitely be highly recommended. Yeah, they uh, they put him on season-ending IR, so he's out. I, I was not as high on James Robinson as maybe you were. I had James Robinson, maybe eighth round or something because i i thought travis Etienne was the guy i thought travis Etienne was fifth round pick somewhere around there uh, i now put james robinson uh, wherever you have your david montgomery uh daryl henderson i put him right above jk dobbins now put him right in that area so right where you put those those second tier um those those RB twos most likely finish as high upside RB twos. That's where I now put James Robinson. James Robinson has potential to be a low end RB one. I think it's likely now if he can stay healthy, he finishes somewhere around the RB ten to sixteen. Think that's probably fair. That's, yeah, that's, that's that's fair. I'll, I'll like I said, I'll definitely give him that because the the uh, quantity is going to be there for him. Yeah, a lot. So, um, and I mean, also an, a another good strategy. Already start thinking about who that backup to James Robinson is, man. Oh, and O H I O, another Buckeye right there. That's Carlos Hyde, baby. It's Carlos Hyde. So, if the if you think, oh, Mr. Carlos Hyde, Mr. He's Hyde, yeah, Mr. Hyde, he's washed up. Uh, think again, because that's irrelevant. He's a Buckeye, and who is his new head coach? A man who won a national championship with the Buckeyes. Uh, Mr. Urban Meyer, those connections mean something. That's the whole reason Tebow got a, got a what 17th chance. He's good buddies with Urban Meyer. Urban Meyer likes his relationships. 
Are you there? All right. So moving yeah. on. So uh, moving on next, we'll, we'll go out to uh, the Golden State. Let's go to the Bay Area, San Francisco 49ers. Raheem Mostert or Mostert versus Trey Sermon, the rookie, a Buckeye. Uh, uh, Brandon, where do you have them scaled? Where do you, where do you think the, the preseason camp battle is going? What do you think? What are your expectations for them for the season? Who do you like more? Who do you think is going to win out? Um, I think from a draft standpoint, uh, neither one of them is really a running back that I would come in and say, like, you know, I would consistently start them, you know, maybe a low end flex, but, you know, definitely not an RB1 or RB2 status. I mean, they are, they're definitely, you know, players. Have um, Shanahan feeds so as in his possible. I mean, it's a injury strike. Hey, you're cutting out. Hard pressed to actually, you know, be sold on one. But more upside, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna just because we're in three, like you know, being up, you know, so to speak. Now, I mean. It's not going to get worse, you know, like you know, the season goes on. So it was upside to go with uh, treatment. Okay. Hey, you're cutting out a little bit too. Uh, I'm having a hard time hearing you, but I heard you say you rather go with Trey Lance. Yeah. Or Trey Sermon, excuse me. Uh, I like, I like Sermon this year, but again, I think they're one, a one B right now. And I like whichever one is going to have the cheaper price tag. And I'm very happy to have either of them. Uh, in my flex, I, I put them both in the RB3 category. So starting either of them in my flex weekly, I'm happy with. All right, so going on, let's uh, go one state over Arizona. Those Cardinals, but Chase Edmonds and James Conner. Uh, hey, Brandon, I think your mute's on. Uh, Chase Edmonds and... James Conner, uh, I gotta say, I I kind of like Chase Edmonds this year. I, I think he, I think Chase Edmonds finishes as a low end RB two. Yeah. I'm not that high on James Conner. I think Chase Edmonds had the time in in Arizona last year. I, I think that's going to benefit him. Uh, unfortunately, he's not that big of a running back, so they don't give him that much goal line work. But I think he's just as good at pass catching as James Conner. I think he's just as good of a runner as James Conner, and he knows the system and has the relationships there. I think he's going to get the edge. I'm, I'm higher on James Conner. I'm sorry, I'm higher on Chase Edmonds than James Conner. I don't think James Conner is a great play this year, but to start the season, either one of them are a decent flex play for me. All right, Brandon's having some internet. I mean, like we discussed in one of the previous episodes, um, um, can, 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 can you hear me, Julian? Yeah, I can hear you now. Yeah, so I, I like Chase Edmonds as a player. I like what, you know, like, I mean, you, you put up some great points about him being familiar with the system, but I just think where he's being drafted, it's going to be a, it's going to be a bit costly if, if James Conner starts to suck up some of those touches as far as where he's, you know, where he's getting drafted. I, I mean, this is, like I said, going back to one of the other um, podcasts we had before, but I mean, I think 
it, it's just a better value with, with James Conner because I feel like eventually he's going to be the first, second down back, and they're going to have Chase Edmonds in on, a, on third down back, maybe passing downs or something like that. But, yeah, so, you know, so, right, so typically, uh, like you're saying, in these battles, we like to have whoever the cheaper back is. Uh, I I feel like they're going pretty close, though. I think Chess Edmonds is going round six or seven, and James Conner's going round seven or eight. And if uh, they're going pretty close from some recent drafts I've been seeing. Uh, I, mean, it, I mean, I mean, six and seven and seven and eight, like there's that's a ton of players in between like that. That, that, is, a, that is a lot of players I, in between that you. If you still I, need I agree, a running back, you, you still can possibly get one. Right. And if you're two rounds, if it's six and eight, then sure. But if it's one round difference, I really think Chase Edmonds is the better is the better player to have going into the season. But yeah. if you need something else at round six, uh, somebody fell to you, uh, you get you get a good tight end there. You get something, a, a good position. You get a solid wide receiver that fell to you, a quarterback, whatever. Uh, don't, don't be scared to take James Conner, especially if he falls you in the eighth. Because we do like to preach, we like the cheaper of the backs in the committee, because it's usually pretty even. Um, one Brandon we didn't speak on uh, before this that I wanted to bring up though was up up in Detroit, DeAndre Swift and Jamal Williams. I gotta say, I think they're pretty similar backs, and I think Jamal Williams is is gonna really surprise some people this year. I think Jamal Williams is yeah, yeah. going yeah. to take a lot more work from DeAndre Swift than people think. And I am, I am not a fan of DeAndre Swift this year. Maybe in full PPR leagues, uh, if he falls to me in the fifth, I'm taking him. But I am not a fan of DeAndre Swift this year because I really think Jamal Williams is going to get a lot of work. Yeah, yeah. Um, people are paying a pretty steep price for Swift too, so he – He's right. one of those backs that are going, you know, maybe third, third. So I mean, so I mean, people are like taking him pretty soon. Yeah, he's going, um, he's going. So yeah, I, I, yeah, Jamal I, I, Williams, like, like. I'm, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. I'm sorry, go ahead. No, 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 no. I, I, I was saying he, like, like people are, are paying a pretty high. Swifts. Definitely think, you know will be the better value pick. And like we like to tell, you want to reach for players. You know, you only get desperate for running back whenever they're, exactly. they're, 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 there's value in there. Exactly. Right. You're, yeah, he's going around the David Montgomery. I think he's going ahead of David Montgomery, who's a guy I really like this year too. Uh, he's going ahead of J.K. Dobbins, who's a guy I like. Yeah. Uh, so we going ahead of James Robinson because I think James Robinson is going to fall in that ballpark. And these are all guys I'd much rather have than DeAndre Swift. And I, I'm just, I'm just not a huge fan. And speaking of like, yes, yeah, the third round, if you're still drafting in the first four or five rounds, you're taking sure things. If you're in round three, like do I want DeAndre Swift? I need, yeah. I, and maybe, maybe you went zero RB in the first two rounds. Like do I want DeAndre Swift or you still got, uh, uh, you still got Justin Jefferson on the board, or you still got Julio on the board. Um, it, maybe, maybe Duncan, David Montgomery's there, who's a, who is a proven vet. Maybe uh, Darren Waller is still there. Take one of those guys because you're still around there. You need a sure thing. You need to hit on your first three rounds and hit with surefire picks. So don't yeah. be don't, don't be taking a guy who's gonna who looks like he's gonna lose a lot of his work yeah. this year. 
that early. Uh, okay, let's uh, let's go. Yeah, to, yeah. yeah so another good point to that too is that is that um, no, no I'll, I'll, I was another good point to that about like hitting on your first two rounds. I would, I would, I would venture to even say you, you need to hit on your first four. And the reason I say four is because you kind of leave yourself a cushion for that that catastrophic injury that doesn't like demoralize your entire team. Like you know, if your first or second round pick, you know, you, you kind of have high hopes. Depending on, especially with the first round pick. You know, if, if, you know, you were the top five picks and you like spent a lot of draft, draft equity on a guy and like, you know, all, all the really, really high things are gone by, you, you know, you, you pick your second round pick, you know, that first round to make sure that your draft is, is like you get the best value for players. Right. hundred percent right. All right, let's move up to New England. Let's talk about New England in general. Uh, we'll stick with the RBs since we're going, then we'll pivot over to QBs. So running back situation is always interesting in New England. Damian Harris seems like he's supposed to be the guy. They got Sonny Mitchell there. Uh, then they also have James White still, of course. And they have Ramondre Stevenson. Now, the guy getting a lot of the buzz out of camp is Ramondre Stevenson. Uh, James White, if you're in a full PPR league, you can get him really late. I always advise him in a PPR league, grab him in the 12th or 13th. That's always a good play. Uh, you could throw him in the flex. And well, I say, I take back always. It's not necessarily if we'll get to the Cam Newton, uh, Mac Jones. I don't think it's a great play if Cam Newton's there. But uh, so Damian Harris, Sonny Michelle, James White, Ramondre Stevenson. I am honestly staying away from all of these guys unless one of them falls to me in the 12th or 13th round, because I don't know who it is. I I'm worried that I take Damian Harris, who's probably going to be the guy, but then the guy who's getting all the buzz Ramondre Stevenson, a, a rookie they just drafted ends up blowing everybody out of the water and is, and finishes as RB 13 this year, RB 10. And I'm like, Oh my God, I, I wasted, seventh eighth round draft capital when there are still studs on the board on this guy so i i'm not willing to pay that price what do you think brandon uh i don't know i i feel like i'm i'm still pretty i'm i feel like i'm pretty solid on um on damien harris um i really think new england is going to get back to the uh to the run game um they brought in the two tight ends in the offseason uh jonah smith Hunter Henry. Um, I still think Cam Newton right now is going to be the starter um, because, you know, he's going to have to, Cam Newton is going to have to play himself out of, I don't think Matt Jones is going to be able to play himself into the starter position. I think Cam Newton is going to be, is going to have to play himself out of the starting position. I feel like that's the way Bill Belichick is going to run it. So I really feel like they're going to get back to the ground and pound with Cam Newton, maybe similar to the Lamar Jackson offense. And, and I mean, you know, I feel like there's there's going to be a lot of, you know, touches to go around for all those running backs. So I'm still really high on Damian Harris. Yeah, I mean, that, that's just my opinion. Okay. Well, since we talked about Cam Newton, uh, we're, we're pivot that way to QBs now. Cam Newton and Mac Jones. Cam Newton is now going to miss about the next week of camp. He's on mm -hmm. the COVID list mm -hmm. because he misunderstood yeah. the rules. Um uh, it's like another guy we're going to talk about misunderstanding that you can't grab crab legs and take them out of the store without paying them for them. So a lot of misunderstandings. Uh, I, I feel like the, I feel like 
teams are making the COVID rules pretty clear cut since 99% of players are understanding yet Cam Newton still seems to find some knuckleheadedness in it. Cam Newton Newton is playing, playing all right. He is playing well. And I think from just playing perspective, you are right. He's going to have to play his way out of it. But if, if he keeps messing up, he had COVID last year. He's already in COVID protocols. Now there is a clear cut way Mac Jones takes over. And I have to tell you, if Mac Jones takes over, that's when the positional players become interesting to me. Mac Jones has a great arm. Then I start to get interested in, I think they use the, the run game better because Cam Newton's not taking all that goal line work in the end zone. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I, that's another reason I don't like the running backs because I think right now Cam Newton is going to be the starter. And that scares me with any of the running backs because he is a goal line vulture for your fantasy running backs in New England. Yeah, I mean, I mean that that's that's true. I mean, I I do still think that from a fantasy standpoint, with you know the two quarterbacks, I still think that Cam Newton adds a little more versatility because right now um, Mac Jones can't really do anything that Cam Newton can do. So as we saw in the last preseason game, you know Cam was going through progressions through his reads. He he was still doing things on top of Cam still has the added dimension of you have you know all the guys on the field have to be accounted for, you know what I mean? Um, and Cam Newton still has his legs. He can still get those tough third and, you know, third and three, you know, third and four with his legs, you know what I mean? To pick up down keep the chains moving, you know, create things with his legs. So it still adds a, add a di- dimension that I, that I don't think that Bill Belichick is going to be so easily swayed to kind of get rid of and like take that chess piece off the board. So, because he already knows as a, as a, as a head coach and a defensive minded coach, how difficult it is to repair for a, a, a dual threat quarterback. So I, I still think that, that that's Cam Newton's job. Like I said, unless Cam Newton comes out and plays awful or, or he's in COVID protocol every other week, then it'll be Mac Jones playing by default. So this is one you see uh, when James is here, Brandon and I are the ones that usually agree and go against James, but this is one Brandon and I fundamentally disagree on. So it's, it's good to see uh, <laughs> fantasy breakdowns are educated guesses. So we'll see whose educated guest pans yeah. out. I, uh, I, 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 I like the Cam Newton that used to be successful. I would like to see him be successful again, but I just don't think he's that guy anymore. So we'll see. I mean, I, I think, like I said, even even last year before he went for COVID, like I mean, he he played. I mean, he could have played better, but I mean, he didn't have an off season. Like he had zero off season. I mean, the Panthers cut him late. So, so he didn't have the opportunity to be with the team long enough through training camp, like all the good stuff. There was a lot of factors talking about, but I think he's going to, if he screws himself in any way, because I mean, everybody knows that he's not, you know, he's not COVID uh, vaccinated. So though they're, they're making those protocols a lot stricter on the players who aren't vaccinated. Same thing with Lamar Jackson. Like, like, like if they're not vaccinated, that the, the NFL is really trying to cut their losses to be like, no, you know, we want to remove the liability from us. So I think more or less what his, not understanding the rules was was just because he's not vaccinated so they're trying to make those rules very tough and it, and if he misses a lot of games then yeah bill belichick is going to just you know do the logical move and be like hey you do you're not here so yeah now so injuries aside we never predict injury and that's not a fair thing to do but other than anything other than injury including covid i i predict that mac jones will be the starter at some point and when that happens to me those running backs that we mentioned have value uh, whoever's the number, number one right now, we're saying Damian Harris. I think Ramon J. Stevenson is a really, really good guy to watch. Uh, 
even James White, then better value and all the positional players better value. But until then, I don't, I don't plan on having any of those players on my team on any of my teams this year, because I don't think Cam Newton is the guy. And I don't think he's going to throw many touchdowns, but uh, let's go back to running back one time. And let's just move a little bit over to the great state in New York and those J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. We're back here. Jets, 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 baby. Do we, uh, do we like rookie running back Michael Carter from North Carolina or do we like Tevin Coleman? Now let's throw this out there. Michael Carter is about a seventh or eighth rounder right now. Tevin Coleman is about a 12th rounder. I know where I stand because I like the cheaper option. I like to live my life on a budget. Brandon, where do you stand on this? Um, I, I do like the cheaper option. I do feel like uh, the higher upside is going to come with Carter. So yeah. even oh, though yeah. even though Coleman is cheaper, I think Coleman, I mean, I think um, Carter is going to have the higher upside. So once you get to the eighth and 12th round, I mean, it, it gets to a point depending like, you know, you know, you're looking for the, bargain but with the high upside i just feel like tevin coleman has a really low upside in this offense i i do think that they're going to want to run i feel like uh carter is going to be a more doable running back than tevin coleman based upon you know tevin coleman's time in atlanta and and in san francisco how he just from a durable standpoint he he wasn't a three-round back so so, so i think like carter is going to be the more durable option and probably a better value pick even though you can get coleman at 12 i think I think Coleman will eventually, some point in the season, end up being dropped from from most teams and, and being on the waiver wire from week to week. I agree with with what you're saying, but I I think it's situational based. If you are comfortable and you drafted some good running backs mm-hmm. early, and you want a late season guy, a guy that will come on later, then use an eighth round pick on Michael Carter. If you did not go very hard on running back and you're getting late to the draft and it's round nine, you're like, dang, my running backs are looking kind of thin. I believe Tevin Coleman is going to be the starter going into the season, at least for the first three weeks. I believe he gets the line chair at least a minimum 60%. I think Tevin Coleman gets for the first three weeks. It's going to be a transition getting Mark, Michael Carter in there. Michael Carter was the number two behind Javante Williams, the guy we're going to talk about next. So I, I still think he plays the number two role majority of this season, maybe towards the end. I think most likely towards the end of the season, he comes on strong. But Tevin Coleman has been fantasy relevant for a few years now. He gets he gets banged up. We can anticipate he's going to get banged up in some games. But he's been fantasy relevant, at least RB3, many, many years. Which, that, that late in the draft, I'll take an RB3 all day. So if I am thin on running back, around 11 comes by, I'm snagging up a lot of Tevin Coleman chairs. But if I'm I'm stacked, I got three great running backs already, and it's round eight. I might grab uh, Michael Carter and let him ride the pine for a little while, and and see what he can prove to me later in the season. Thoughts? Yeah, I I mean that once again, I'm more of a like once you get to that late in the draft, I feel like the better value plus upside for me. I feel like there there's more upside with 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 uh, with Carter. And I feel like he's going to be the better value. Um, so I, I wouldn't, I'm not a huge Tevin Coleman fan. So um, like I said, his times in, in, in San Francisco, you know, with multiple running backs and, you know, his time in Atlanta, you know, you know where he's playing with, uh, with Devontae Freeman a lot. But I, I mean, I, I still feel like at that position, at that time period, 
I would I would still rather have Carter than than Coleman. If if they were the same price, I would take that one. Uh, I I think Tevin Coleman is definitely still talented, and given his price tag, yeah, I think I like it. And it's a week to week game. You need to try to win weeks one, two, and three. At that point, people are looking for trades already. People are already panicking. Somebody went zero and three, so they're panicking. So now you got this guy that's maybe finishing as an RB two. Yeah. Now you got trade bait. So remember that. Uh, try to pick winners for the first few weeks. Because then if like, hey, they got a crappy second half of the season or you think the rookie's going to come out, that's always trade bait. But all right, let's go to Michael Carter's running running back mate uh, at UNC. Javante Williams versus Melvin Gordon, the Denver Broncos. Uh, I was coming into this offseason, I was Melvin Gordon. Melvin Gordon, Melvin Gordon, Melvin Gordon. After watching Javante Williams run, though, I feel differently. I think Javante Williams is about to be a star. I think Javante Williams is going to be probably with Trey Sermon at close to be the second best rookie running back in the league this year. It's going to be either, I think Najee's got it locked up, but either uh, Javante Williams or Trey Sermon will be RB2 of the rookies. And I think that means he finishes as, Somewhere, somewhere between RB twelve and twenty. Yeah, I mean, I I don't necessarily disagree with you, but it's it's like um, recency bias, I guess you could say. Melvin Gordon, like you're not going to see much of him in the preseason, so it's easy to forget his importance to a team. Because I I can remember not too long ago, before Melvin Gordon was at Denver, right. You had this other little flash in the pan kid, Philip Lindsay. I mean, Philip Lindsay was a was was tearing it up in fantasy the year prior. They signed Melvin Gordon. Melvin Gordon took a lot of those touches. Like once he got healthy and he ended on the team, he 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 vultured all those touchdowns in the in the Javante Williams does. Melvin Gordon is going to be that bell cow. He may have some games where he does well, but on uh, the consistent back that I feel like is going gonna, gonna to do numbers on that team, I would go Melvin Gordon all day. Not saying that, you know, if I can get Javante Williams on value that I wouldn't, but it's definitely going to be Melvin Gordon all day. Okay. Hey, I, uh, I, I think either option are going into the season great flex play. I'm not mad at either option as a flex play coming into the season, but I think – the pick long-term, uh, the, the the player I want of the two is going to be Javante Williams. And it seems like their price tags are pretty close right now. It, it was Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon for a while, and it seems like they've got somewhere around here. The price tag is pretty similar. Um, but all right, Brandon, you're on mute. All right, last running back battle we have, and then we have three quarterback battles we'll discuss. Let's go to the defending champs. Tampa Bay Buccaneers. We've got Ronald Jones, who seems to be the guy right now, or Leonard Fornese, Fournette, or Giovanni Bernard, who they just picked up in free agency. Uh, it, Shady McCoy's not there anymore, is he? He was there last uh, year. But I'm not sure. I'm, I'm, yeah. He wasn't relevant anyway. So we'll talk about the ones that are at least relevant. Uh, Got to be honest, I don't know who I like in this. The cheapest of the bunch, 
is Giovanni Bernard. And I try to look at it as Tom Brady had James White. He dumped the crap out of the ball to James White. I think it's possible Giovanni Bernard, if they run it, if they want to run a similar offense and give him that outlet, Gio can have a fantastic season by catching these dump offs from the, uh, the ageless wonder. Other than that, I'm probably not going to own many Ronald Jones or Leonard Fournette shares because I think I'm staying away from this backfield. What are your thoughts? Uh, I'm, if I had to take the three, I'm going to, I'm going to go with Rojo, man. Um, Cause Leonard Fournette had spurts here and there. Um, he's going to be, he's going to be more or less um, of, you know, a, a fancy popular name to take, you know, um, to make you think your team is looks gooder than it really is. But I mean, if you look at his fantasy stats, man, from week to week, he was, he was barely cracking, you know, 50, 60 yards, man, barely on, on sometimes like he might get a goal line touchdown here and there, but for the most, for the most part, the bell cow who did a lot of the work was, was Rojo, man. So, um, and right now it looks like Rojo is cheaper than, than Leonard Fournette. I, I personally wouldn't touch Gio Bernard. I mean, if I need a running back on a, on a waiver wire week to where people are, I don't know, Bye weeks are coming up or something. I'll, I'll, I'll throw them in the flex just because I need some help. But I, I wouldn't I, I wouldn't put too much stock in, like, holding on Gio Bernard. So if I had to pick somebody just for the better value, I would definitely take Ronald Jones. I wouldn't I wouldn't take Leonard Fournette either. So in standard leagues, I'm not touching any of them. Uh, in half-point PPR, probably not touching any of them. Full-point PPR, I'm interested in Giovanni Bernard. And I think Tom Brady's just going to – He's so many, he has so many mouths to feed. Uh, the, the tight end battle there is even difficult. Uh, is it going to be Gronk or OJ Howard? Uh, so they even, they even had a tight end battle. We don't even have time okay. for it. It might be, but man, I, I do know that that quarterback loves him some Gronk. So there's a, there's a, there are a lot of questions in Tampa Bay. Who's going to get the ball? I'm, you said you remember a couple of years ago, Melvin Gordon was the guy or Philip Lindsay was the guy. I remember a couple of years ago when Antonio Brown was a first round pick and now he's the third wide receiving option in on Tampa Bay. So uh, there's so many miles to feed. I'm probably fading most, if not all Tampa Bay players, the exception of maybe I'll own Tom Brady if he falls to me late. Um, and maybe I'll own Gio Bernard in full PPR leagues as a, as, will, as a RB five. I will definitely own me some, some Mike Evans. So well, there you go. There you have it. Uh, I, I like Mike Evans. I think Mike Evans will have a good season. I think his price tag is a little high for me because I don't know if Godwin or Antonio Brown will have a better season than him. I really don't know. So to pay for the, the highest option when all three of those guys are good enough to be a wide receiver ones. I, uh, I, if, if I took one, it'd probably be the cheapest of the three. It'd probably be Antonio Brown just because he's the cheapest. But but probably won't own many shares of any. I feel like oh, I feel like Mike Evans is 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 still the more um, consistent fantasy relevant wide receiver out of the three. I feel like Goodwin has some really big games, um, but I feel like Mike Evans, if you're going with PPR, like like he's he's consistently bringing in you know seventy yards and a touchdown, maybe five six catches. So I I, I feel like especially if you're going PPR, Mike Evans is is going to be the most consistent fantasy relevant wide receiver out of the three Tony Brown in certain games. Like, I mean, he just, he, he, he's just not there, you know, 
I don't know if it's because he's still learning the offense or whatever. This year could it's, be a, a, a really good breakout year for him. Exactly. I think it's tough to really judge too Antonio Brown. I mean, that may have been the role Antonio Brown, but he was coming off with some wild stuff. And he didn't, he got like a week of practice and all of a sudden thrown into the offense. So yeah. now give him a whole a whole offseason. Who knows? We may see a really good Antonio Brown. But all right. We spoke about San Francisco earlier. Let's bring it back out to San Francisco. Uh, hang out in the Bay Area one more time for the question of Jimmy G versus Trey Lance. I am higher than most on Jimmy G. Jimmy G to me is proven. Other than he can't stay healthy. He doesn't seem to be able to stay healthy. But he's led his team to the Super Bowl. And he wins. He wins a lot of his games. I am a lot higher. I, I looked at uh, quarterback rankings today, and they had Jimmy G, like 26th out of all, I think it was 26th out of all starting quarterbacks. Couldn't believe it. I'm way higher on Jimmy G than most. Um, I think Jimmy G needs to be the guy until he gets hurt, which is, to me, inevitable. And then Trey Lance comes in, and then maybe he can call in Kaepernick that and take the job from just like Alex Smith, like just like, Cap took it from Alex Smith. That's possible. But until that happens, I think Jimmy G needs to be the guy. What do you think? Um, I, I, I really hate when people put the, uh, the whole, you know, Jimmy G wins. Like, no, the, that's an awesome coach. Like, they have a great defense, a sound run game. Jimmy G just doesn't wreck the Lambo. That, that's what he does. He, he's, a, he's a consistent quarterback. Jimmy G's not going to be the reason that you win games. He's not going to be the reason to win games. His upside is a pocket pack because, I mean, even when he injured, I, I still remember the one game that C.J. Beathard had with, with, with Kyle Shanahan. An amazing game. Nick Mullins, he was like a six, seven-round quarterback out of, out of Mississippi State. Came in and balled out. Like it, it, Shanahan is the guy. Okay? It's, it, it has nothing to do with Jimmy G. Those guys were still winning games, putting up outstanding numbers in that offense. And, I mean, those were second- and third-string quarterbacks coming in off a win. So, if you throw Trey Lance in there with the upside of, of, of like, now – Everybody knows that's why, you know, uh, they reached up and got Lance. The Bears came up and got Fields. Like, those quarterbacks who create matchup nightmares of, like, oh, man, this, you know, the quarterback can move the pocket. You know, they can move the pocket because Shanahan loves loves to move the pocket for the quarterback. So that's going to benefit um, Trey Lance way, 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 way more than Jimmy G. So I, I feel like moving forward, Trey Lance is going to be the better option. Jimmy G is the safe option right now because Trey Lance is still a puppy. He's he's still a puppy. So once he starts to mature, it's it's absolutely a no-brainer. Okay, so you're talking real football stuff. Let's talk fantasy. When do you think that would happen? When do you think Trey Lance is good for the team to start? And how does this affect um, the rest of the fantasy like options? How does this affect would you draft one of them? Would you draft a wide receiver or tight end differently? How does it affect those? I – I, I still feel like upside, the, the biggest upside for Trey Lance, and even though we talked about Justin Fields already, it's going to be the legs. They are going to be able to get 40 to 50 rushing yards a game easily. That's that's five points easily, easily. So we're not even talking about the deacon dump plays. We're not even talking about, you know, you know the big arm plays. So I think fantasy-wise, the the offense for, for San Francisco would benefit more with 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 with, with, with Trey Lance. I that I mean, so, he, so, so by he has that, a big you, arm. So by that you mean you're drafting Brandon Ayuk earlier. You're drafting Debo Samuel earlier. If Trey Lance is named the starter, not necessarily. Um, I would I would 
I would probably say Debo Samuel um, because he's more of a Swiss Army knife type of back. So uh, I, I would probably say I would probably take Debo Samuel a little bit earlier than, than, than I probably would. But 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 Ayuk, I would probably say about the same. Okay. Yeah. I and are you? But I mean, are, I are you owning any shares? I'm, I'm like you said from from a. Go ahead. So, and for the people drafting tomorrow, are you owning any shares of Trey Lance or Jimmy G? And if so, when is a good time to take them? Um, I would, I mean, you could probably, um, un, unless you have some reachers, I, I personally would not draft Jimmy G. So if, 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 if you had one or two of those quarterbacks that I had to say that I would draft, it would definitely be Trey Lance. And I would definitely wait until the very last minute that I need a quarterback because there are a ton of great quarterback options that you already know they're going to be a starter. Like we don't even know if Trey Lance is going to start. So in my opinion, at that particular point, neither one of those quarterbacks are draftable. I wouldn't think because Jimmy G's the starter, which I wouldn't draft him and have him as my backup because there's still going to be a ton of good options. And Trey Lance, you don't know what when Shanahan is going to decide to play him. So I wouldn't waste a spot on the bench for either one of those guys. Right. I <clears throat> Under normal rules, I, I agree with what you're saying. Uh, in a typical league, I'll, t- I'll usually only only hold one quarterback, uh, only have and won't have any on my bench. <clears throat> and then uh, once the bye week comes, pick somebody up off the waiver wire. Now for two quarterback leagues and or super flex leagues, I, I would like, hopefully we know the starters before you draft and therefore you take Jimmy yes. G. Now, if, if you need a second quarterback, you should hold at least three quarterbacks. If you're in a super flex or two quarterback league. Uh, I do like the idea though, of holding Trey Lance on your bench. If you have the bench space and it's yeah. a quarterback or super flex league, uh, I'm in a league like that. And I'm definitely interested in seeing if they need the starter before I, I have that draft this upcoming weekend. They probably won't have a starter, but using a, a late, late pick on Trey Lance, I'm not too upset about because when he does become the starter, I do believe he's going to put fantasy numbers because of his legs. I think he's got a really good arm and he's got good legs and he's going to use those legs because he, I don't think he knows the offense as well. So he's going to scramble around and pick up things like that. Uh, he'll, he he can create, so he sh- should be a decent fantasy option as your your fourth quarterback if you're in a two quarterback league. Other than that, yeah, I'm probably not touching those guys. Okay, Brandon, you talked about Justin Fields a lot. Let's move to the Windy City. Well, what do you think about him and Dalton? Who do you think starts, and when is a good time to draft either one of those guys? Um, Fields is definitely draftable. Um, like he is in all his, formats his- or what? Um, I definitely think he's draftable in all formats. Uh, I think um, with the preseason that we're seeing, like the 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 the, uh, the Bears the Bears O line is still is still not going to be good. So I think Dalton is going to have his little brush of a couple of games, and then like they're going to go with Fields because they're going to be too it's going to be too much pressure after seeing him perform well in the preseason for him to play for Matt Nagy. Um, so you know all those guys on the hot seat, GM, head coach, all those guys are looking to you know do a little job saving. So. I think he's going to play. I would definitely, before, like I said, got to give James props. I'm, I'm not ashamed to admit, you know, you, you know, I was wrong about something. I was definitely down on fields, but, but seeing how just he's able to move the change just with his legs, like that is a, that, that is a lot to deal with for defense because it kind of removes the option of man coverage. Like, like it just, you, you, you know, you have to zone those kind of quarterbacks Lamar Jackson, like you can't play man coverage because they'll be running up the field right behind you. But um, I think, you know, I would definitely draft Justin Fields and have him on my bench as, as, 
as my second backup quarterback because I feel like he has really high, really, really high upside. Yeah, so I, I like Fields as well. Um, <coughs> ooh, pardon me. Excuse bless me. Bless Thank you. Uh, I like Fields as well, um, not as your QB1, just so we're completely clear. Make sure you yeah. have somebody above him. You're not looking to start him week one because I don't believe he does start week one. I think Andy Dalton starts the season. <clears throat> but at some point, they're going to realize, yeah, we need to play this guy to, to keep our jobs. Now, the trouble is, if you watch the last preseason game, not on Justin Fields. The trouble is protecting Justin Fields. So if they let this rookie go out there who is showing star potential, could have rookie season like RG3 did a decade ago, they let him go out there and get murdered and have the same fate as RG3, that's one of the worst things that could happen. And that's absolutely going to cause that front office to lose their jobs. So maybe they don't start him because they know how bad their offensive line is. That's a possibility. I don't like that possibility. I don't like that possibility for Fields. Go Bucks. I don't like that possibility for Chicago, and I don't like that possibility for fantasy, but it is realistic. Therefore, do not draft him as a surefire thing to play. Draft him as a backup, or even if you are in it, uh, my uh, Superflex league that I'm in, I will probably own multiple shares of Justin Fields because of his potential. If he gets out on the field, I think he has potential to finish as QB somewhere between six and 14, which in a super flex league, that's, that's good. You're looking at a, a stud, especially as a rookie. I think he, he has that arm. He has that extending playability. Uh, he's, he's a proven commodity. He had a bad game in the national championship. We know that, but, but that, that was one other than that. He sustained superior, sustained superior performance uh, for a while before that he is a stud. And I think and also, he, I, 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 I was gonna say, I, 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 um, um, also, like, um, I would definitely, like you said, um, have him as a backup, like, even if you had a one of the second or third tier quarterbacks, like a Ryan Tannehill, or let's say a Matthew Stafford, or you know, something like that, like, you know, to, to back up. As you get later in the season, Justin Fields is probably going to be interchangeable with one of those guys to where, to where, to where you're going to look at a matchup and be like, man, I should probably start Justin Fields this week based upon what I've seen from the past couple of weeks. Like, not to say he's going to come out and be your, your you know, your starter because, like I said, I don't I don't think he's going to start either. It's going to be Dalton, and, and, and they're going to be forced to play him after, you, you know, Dalton get out, get out there and stinks it up. But Justin Fields about week five, six, like – you're going to be thinking in your mind, like, hey, I can interchange this guy because last week he got 25 points. I can probably start him this week. You know what I mean? So, so, yeah. so, so I think if, if like, if like he's your backup, just hold him as your backup and you have one of those second, but because I mean, there are a couple of quarterbacks that you're going to draft that aren't going to be changed out unless they get injured. Like, like, right. you know, you, you know, we, we all know the, the Mahomes, Josh Allen, those guys, the Aaron Rodgers, like, you're not going to sit those guys, but like there are a bunch of quarterbacks that each week, you know, like, man, I know there's a better option out there for me. And Justin Fields will definitely is going to be one of those guys later in the season that you're going to be like, I can definitely put him in this week. Yeah, absolutely. So I, to me, they're like a top eight quarterbacks that they're uh, set and forget. So I like to try to get one of those guys and I set my quarterback just like that. Now, if you get one of those guys later, or maybe you use flyers on quarterback, you'd like to change your quarterbacks in and out. Justin Fields is absolutely a guy to own. Now you own him with the risk of knowing it's possible he doesn't play this year. 
And again, not because of the talent, because good Lord, the talent is there. It's because the protection is not there for him. There's a great chance if he does start, he gets hurt. There's a great chance he starts by week two because Andy Dalton got hurt because the protection is horrible there. But yes, most likely he sees the field by say week five and he is putting up fantasy numbers. So uh, I, I absolutely like owning him as a backup. If I have yeah, one of those second tier quarterbacks in, in one quarterback leagues, and if I'm in a two quarterback or super flex league, I will absolutely have him on my bench. All right. Our last and final quarterback competition. We're going to the great state of Louisiana. New Orleans. Famous Jameis Winston versus Taysom Hill. Brandon, tell, tell me your thoughts. What do you think about this one? Uh, my thoughts is I really think that uh, Jameis is going to be the quarterback, and I feel like he's the best option because I feel like he has like he's a quarterback. He's a he's a legit quarterback in the NFL. I don't think Taysom Hill Taysom Hill would have a shot to start on any other team except for the Saints. Sean Sean Payton believes in this guy and reasons that I will never be able to understand, which is fine. But I think on this particular team, um, Jameis Winston definitely gives him the best chance. I think he's going to spread the ball around a lot, so I, I I feel like we're gonna see a a you know unsung hero from the wide receiver core emerge themselves yep. just because of Jameis Winston. So ex- especially with Michael Thomas being out, even when Michael Tom- if if Michael Thomas comes back, I, I still feel like there's going to be an unsung hero that James Winston is going to, is going to rise to the occasion just by his ability to, to deliver the ball downfield on top of Michael Thomas is not a deep threat. So somebody's going to feel that. So somebody's going to feel that void. Um, and Sean Payton likes to go down the field. So, so I think that that's definitely going to open it up for, um, for Alvin Kamara, which I think is, is still going to make him even more valuable because he's not going to be facing eight man boxes or having, you know, being shadowed by linebackers and cornerbacks to try to keep him contained because, they're going to have to respect the passing game. And I, and on top of that, I think that still frees up Taysom Hill to be his Swiss Army knife. So I think that's going to create on the back end a ton of value for Taysom Hill, especially if ESPN kind of goes back to the whole allowing you to put him at tight end type of thing. So I think that that's going to be huge depending on what they decide to do with that, with Taysom Hill. So, so Taysom Hill losing the QB battle actually creates value for Taysom Hill. That's it. I agree. I got, I, I got, I got nothing else to say. You said exactly what I was thinking on that. I agree. Everything you said, I don't think Alvin Kamara's value changes either way. I think since Michael Thomas went out, I, uh, I put him it's in standard for me, Christian McCaffrey, Derek Henry, Alvin Kamara in PPR. It's Christian McCaffrey, Alvin Kamara, then Derek Henry and Dalvin cook is fourth. People, people are very high on Dalvin Cook. I, I have him behind those three. But Alvin Kamara is, I think he's the he's the guy there for sure. That is that is a sure bet. Uh, I think that's the only sure bet. But, yes, James Winston is, is a quarterback. He's a gunslinger. And, yes, Sean Payton definitely likes slinging, having his quarterback sling the rock. So we're going to see somebody. Uh, Marquez Callaway looked good in the preseason game. But Tracon Smith has been hurt. There's a lot of good talk about him too. So late flyers on either of those guys are not a bad idea. Yeah. Draft and stash. All right. All right. Uh, Brandon, you got any final thoughts? 
Um, just prepare yourself for your upcoming drafts. Remember, do your homework. Don't panic. Always go for the best value, man. Always go for the best value. You see your, your, um, your, uh, you know, like down on one position. Don't reach just to fill a roster spot, man. Just let the draft come to you. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you never know when injuries are happening. So don't think uh, I've got three running backs. I've got three wide receivers. I'm good. Even though this great wide receiver fell to me or this great running back fell to me, I'm good. Injuries are going to happen, especially in those positions where you have to start more than one, like running back wide receiver. Make sure you got some, some depth, some good depth. Let the, let the draft come to you. Like Brandon said, with that, I uh, want to give you guys a quick preview of next week. So next week's episode, we're going to be doing a draft. It's our first uh, live draft of the season that we will be doing online. So we have that and then the weekend after. So that is next Wednesday. We'll be drafting online. Probably be able to get the first uh, maybe five, six rounds live, and we'll discuss it uh, while we're making our picks. And then that Saturday, we will all be in Tampa, Florida this year on a yacht to do our live fantasy freaking football draft. So that's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, we're excited. Fantasy season is upon us. Football is back. It is here. Couldn't be happier. Brandon, give him some last words. Don't, don't marry to your draft board, man. Let the draft come to you. Winners out here. Fantasy freaking football podcast. Yeah.